You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, White Sox fans? It's your boy, Rob Coletti. I am not a journalist, and I'm here with my best friend, Bill Mankey, the Minker Doodle Dandy. I love you, Bill. How are you doing this week? Hey, I'm doing great, Rob. Uh, first of all, how are you doing? Good, man. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a podcast. Uh, there's been a lot going on, and we have a lot to cover tonight. But we also have been kind of diligently watching the spring training world and waiting for an opportunity to uh, strike on all these topics. And something really uh, fortuitous happened today that we're going, uh, in a negative way, uh, happened today that we're going to delve into. Uh, but uh, h- how are you doing, Bill? Are you good? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, uh, you know, I'm half vaxxed. Which is great. Oh, shut and, uh, up. Mm-hmm, that's so why I'm, I'm on my way. I'm feeling good. Obviously, yeah. gonna mask up still. Gonna do all that. Gotta uh, mask up. Gotta, gotta mask up. Gotta stay masked. Uh, hashtag mask up. Hashtag but, Jim Carrey the mask. The mask. Uh, but yeah, but I'm feeling good. Somebody, Baseball's right around the corner. Hey, that's Ace Ventura. That is Ace Ventura. All his characters run together though. But he's a R T Y because I AstraZeneca. <laughs> all right bill uh it's good to see you i love you you're my best friend bill uh we love the white Sox. uh i'm not a journalist i'm an actor take everything i say with a grain of salt because i don't know anything but uh, i like to talk uh in case you can't tell we got a big show for you today guys uh we're going to talk about a little spring training wrap up we're going to talk about the oscar cola signing and so much more but first we have some really tragic news. Uh, my personal favorite White Sox player, big baby, Mr. Eloy Jimenez, 
is out for five to six months with a torn shoulder injury. It is a gut punch. I, uh, you know, on the MLB.com uh, thing they did a year ago where they were asking for you know, a million-dollar contest for the picks for most – uh, of, of each category, you know, most strikeouts, I picked Shane Bieber, uh, most, uh, wins. I had, I picked the White Sox. I picked the most home runs to go to Eloy Jimenez and boy, oh boy, this year being essentially off the books for him is going to derail that. Uh, I- I'm real sad about this bill and, and we have to, we have to talk about the circumstances. Um, Mr. Mr. Jimenez made a very poor decision mm-hmm. and played a little too hard in the spring training game. And now we won't have him for the year. Um, this is a, indicative of a few things. I'm going to let you wax intellectual on all of it, but first and foremost, you know, uh, you know, I want to get your reaction, but I just, I have to say for me, this is the nail in the coffin that uh, Eloy Jimenez is a DH and nothing else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it would be great to, to have him uh, be the best left fielder in the world or even a mediocre left fielder. Uh, somebody like um, he's not uh, even a Kyle Schwarber left fielder, right? Right, but like to to go up and to honestly, it was a play he should not have made in spring training. Yeah. Well, if it were the regular season, I would totally support that. I would say go up for it. It looks close enough. You can do it. Um, and, and it looked like a routine uh home run rob. It looked like something that somebody has done a thousand times before. Unfortunately, he just happened to tear his pec when he was jumping yeah, up, and that's something. No. That, Somebody needed to sit him down and say, Aloy, you don't get to be a good defender. You're not allowed to be. Your job is to take ground balls, pop fly cans of corn, and you let everything else go. We will eat the run, and you get out there and you bat for us 500 times this season. That's what we need out of you. And instead, you know, he tried to show off. And I understand it. Look, he's trying to prove it. He made it clear very last last year, made it very clear that he wants to be on the field every day. He said that he like, wants to feel the camaraderie of going out in left field. Unfortunately, you have to earn that at the major league level. This is not double A baseball. And he moved up really quick to the majors, rightfully so. His bat is astronomical. This man can absolutely hit the piss out of the ball. But the bottom line is this. He cannot play defense to save his life. He made so many stupid mistakes last year. And I hate to say it because he's my favorite White Sox player. How many times was he injured? He was injured three times, right? Or twice last year? And on some really ridiculous stuff there, Bill. I, I want... I want Eloy to be good, and he is at the plate, but he isn't anywhere else. Unfortunately, you know, this this is a really big deal for Sox fans, uh, for the Sox organization, and, you know, unfortunately, this – I mean, you just took – you just took five wins away from the team. That That's what you did by trying to be a show-off in spring training. And maybe he wasn't trying to be a show-off. I don't, I don't want to cast that aspersion. I guess my point is he tried to do too much. And he yeah. shouldn't have. Now we're all going to pay the price. Um, unfortunately, there, there's only a couple of different routes that we can take at this point. Free agency. And, and, and here's the list of, of options at free agent. And I want you to think about here, Bill. If there's a single name you like, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. Ryan Braun, Jorge Bonifacio, Matt Kemp, Sean Rodriguez, Yoannis Cespedes, eh, Josh Reddick. Yasiel Puig, uh, Carlos Gonzalez, or Melky Cabrera. I mean, everybody here is over 30 except for Jorge Bonifacio. Puig is 30. Puig he is, is 30. Puig. And, but 
the problem being he hasn't played since 2019. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he is what, 260 something and has gone downhill. Yeah. He is a, he was a flash in the pan for the first two seasons of his career and since has been a black hole in the lineup. If he doesn't get all every stitch of a baseball, it is not an effective contact hitter. And uh, unfortunately, there are no names on the list that bring out to me that I like. Is, are there any that you would want to play left field um, for the White Sox? There, it, so if they were to sign somebody, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would give them a shot in the field first to see how they can do. Like if they were to sign Puig, great. Maybe they can turn them around. Maybe, maybe uh, if they I sign Josh Reddick, then Yasiel Puig. Right, and I also. I would love to watch. I would love to watch Melky Cabrera in a White Sox uniform again. That would be very cool. But uh, he has he has tumbled off in the absolutely, absolutely. I don't think there's any good options there. I think you have better options if you. I would rather have Adam Engel get at bats when he gets healthy than Melky. Right, and I think he will. And I think Adam Engel is going to be the plan. I think you're going to see Vaughn in left to start left field to begin the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, It maybe maybe it'll be Billy Hamilton or somebody in Vaughn will DH first in left field, but Vaughn will take take a lot of the uh, a lot of the starts away from the the other outfielders that are there. I also wouldn't even mind if they were to bring up Luis Gonzalez. I think he's got a fun bat. He's but he's he he looked really bad last year. I know yeah. he's young and he had to have there's growing pains. I get that too. Right. Uh, look he he's a really good fielder if he didn't drop a fly ball that came right at him. But you, you know he he obviously is a lefty bat, something that we would like to have in the lineup. I'd rather give the tick to somebody like Josh Reddick if I'm going to call up someone who's that unproven sure. for a team that's this established, you know? Um, so, yeah, and essentially what you're doing here is you just removed your four or five hitter from your lineup. So everybody moves up a tick. And that means that, you know, if it's Luis Gonzalez, he has to bat ninth. Uh, and I don't want him in that lineup. I would rather have someone like Josh Reddick or uh, Yolanda Cespedes. Yeah, and I and I I, I feel like um, even you, if if Yoelki is a little bit away, obviously Yoelki and Oscar Colas, which we'll talk about later, they're going to be the outfield eventually in the future, but uh, and not anytime soon. Not anytime soon, and right. we'll get into that. But so just thinking about that now, they need to think about the future. They need to think first of all. They need to think about now who's going to be taking it. So Vaughn looks like he's going to be in that spot. Uh, it, once Aloy is back, which will probably next season, I don't think he's coming back this season. It takes what? Well, okay. So it's said five to six months. First of all, a shoulder injury is easier to rehab than a leg injury. And yeah. we should be grateful for that. Uh, or pectoral, whatever you want. Anything upper body is going to be easier than legs. But, uh, from what I understand, there is the potential that he could come back in like the August, September timeframe. I would love to see the magic moment of Eloy coming in late in the stretch to push the Sox over the edge and help us make a playoff push. That yeah, and he magic. and he still hits thirty home runs. <laughs> no, oh man! But, 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 so Vaughn Vaughn is the replacement, and it's weird. It's weird to feel like Vaughn's going to be there because he was a DH. He's not an outfielder. I think in his college days he'd even touch the outfield. But right. this spring training, he was taking fly balls. He was taking balls at. at third base Mm -hmm. so there has been a little bit of practice even if it was that minimal he is going to be the starting left fielder i for the majority of the game until angle comes back and i was going to say until angle comes back yeah and then you're going to have and then i'm interested to see if there's a world where zach collins starts the season on the team now as the dh i was just thinking that in my head he you know what man his spring training if there's ever a guy who had a spring training that like 
fights for the argument that a position is won in spring training, it's Zach Collins this year. Right, he right. has looked like a new man behind the play, and I'm right. – Really excited for what that could mean for the Sox. Listen, and for whatever it's worth, you know, I've been very critical of the White Sox depth in recent memory, but it is also a good thing right now that we have the deep organizational depth we do in the minor leagues at the very least. While they're not proven, while no one on this roster is giving proven depth, we have a lot of potential depth here. And, you know, I, you know, I, I have to go with the it's time for the next man up conversations to start happening. Stop. We need to stop dwelling on it. It's it's terrible. And it's only been, you know, what, less than 12 hours since we found out what the prognosis was. But, you know, Sox Twitter is just melting down right now. And, you know, this is still a really great team. I, I will miss Eloy. And he absolutely is a five to seven war kind of a player. This is uh, it could have massive implications. But this was a team with him that could easily have won 100 plus games without him. I think this is still a 90 plus one team. We we had talked a bit earlier on in one of our first uh, episodes we were projecting maybe in the 90 to 92 win range for the White Sox that their performance in spring training has upped that for me. I'm uh, before the Eloy Jimenez. If you would have asked me yesterday, I'd say this is a 102 to 105 win team. I legitimately believe that. But now without Eloy, I still think we win 93 to 95 games. Sure. Sure. Particularly with how poorly the twins look in spring training. I, I am excited about, those prospects. My big question, Bill, and this is what I'm going to toss up to you right now. We have a DH log jam that's coming now because Eloy has to play DH now. He cannot be a left fielder. There's no way I trust that man in left field if I'm Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams or Jerry Reinsdorf. At this point, you're investing too much money and too much energy into this core, and you need those players to fit their role properly. Eloy is a DH. That's that's it. He's going to DH if or he should be DHing. But you also have Andrew Vaughn and Jose Abreu, both right, of so whom are great hitters. What do you do? What do you do? 2022 20, season. Let's say let's say Aloy doesn't come back for the season. Let's say Aloy is okay. he, he does come back and and they figure something out. They're kind of loaded and they have that uh, a larger roster. And sure. So in the 2022 season, you're right. They they're going to have to figure out something with catchers. Zach Collins is going to need to uh, be up there behind uh, Grandal, yep. unless Jonathan Lacroix is just a phenom and is just co- uh, the, the comeback player of the year. Um, so you're going to have Aloy, you're going to have Vaughn, you're going to have a Brayu, all power hitters that could be a DH. And I think a Brayu and Vaughn will switch off a lot. But I think now's the time that uh, we either need to see if Vaughn works out in left field or if he's a proven DH, right? Um, or to figure out what they're going to do with Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is 33 years old, turning uh, close to 34, right? So his contract is up in two years. He's going to be 36 years old when his contract ends. That's, uh, you know, he's still got a lot of stuff to prove. He's still hitting the ball like crazy. He's a great player. Yeah, but, I think but, he'll still be able to play first base for several more years, though. I think I, so, too. I legitimately believe that. So now the question is, the question is, where do you put Vaughn? I think Vaughn's the key right. to this. Exactly. Vaughn's the key. Because uh, Aloy, obviously, we want him to be a, be a DH, and uh, you got to like, who's is Aloy better than Vaughn at the at the plate, or is is Vaughn better than Aloy? You kind of have to figure that out. And who's who's better? Now that field? is something we're going to have absolutely no. I mean, Andrew Vaughn has played two months of professional baseball, none of which right. is at the major league level. Right, and Aloy, I think Aloy Jimenez yeah. is a power tower hitting 
bat in the middle of a lineup. And we know that for sure. At this juncture, I have to give Eloy the the benefit of the doubt on that. Absolutely. I'm just saying in, in regards to the 2021 season, how Vaughn... He's going to have a chance. He's going to have a chance yeah. to make up a lot of ground on Eloy right now. That's so if Eloy comes back and then you have Yoelki coming up because he was close to the major leagues right when they signed him. Sure. Right? He, they're, and they're not going to bring him up now because it's premature. They even said that yesterday or today yep. uh, that they're not considering him bringing up. Maybe he comes up later in the season, but then you also have uh, Oscar Colas signed. Um, who knows? He could also be there eventually because they're both 22, 23, right? They can, they could. They're both and they're both solid players, and they could they are close to the major leagues. The hardest thing is now you have you have there you have your starters, your outfield starters, and then below that you don't really have anybody ready to step up, and then you have people that are going to be here in the future for years to come, like Colas. So so the question is, does Vaughn fit in at that left field, uh, or is he a DH for the rest of his career? Because now everyone's like, oh. What do we do with Aloy? Well, you have to keep done. in mind too that Jose Abreu is not a spring chicken, like you were just, you were saying before. But that doesn't he, he, look. He's going to play for a space for a few years. I don't know that he'll be able to play it better than Andrew Vaughn five years from now. And right. for me, does Jose Abreu become the de facto DH? Then you solve the same problem. Right, and I, I that's that's the they're kind of they it either has to they have to figure something out with Abreu at the end of his contract. Is he worth signing? Obviously, everybody wants him. We all love Pito. He's the best. Uh, he's, he's. I think the, he'd stay in Chicago to be a player coach for a million dollars a year. He's. He doesn't uh, he care. Loves about it. Me. He loves yeah. it. Here. Yeah, absolutely. We're and lucky it, to have him. We absolutely are, and it was. It's the best thing that happened to the Sox since since '05. I honestly think Marco sure. Patty. Wow, we got it. We're gonna get into him in a second too. But right. I mean, so he, that just goes to show you. People have talked about how the Sox don't have depth right now. Right. How this how this injury has exposed that that yes they are a good team but they don't have the depth. I disagree. It just happens that we don't have depth in left field. Okay, you know? oh, that's fair. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, we have depth a lot of other places. Let's talk a little bit about the spring training session that just wrapped up, or that is wrapping up in a matter of days. Season starts in a couple of days here, Bill. I'm excited. Uh, who who was your favorite? Who do you think is the best performer on the White Sox this, this spring training? Spring training. Uh, I would have said uh, Adam Engel, but he was injured. Uh, but I'm gonna absolutely. I'm gonna give it to Collins. I'm gonna give it to Collins. His stick looks mighty. Yeah, His stick he, looks good. He went two for four today. Two RBS. He is. He is turned a corner, and I don't mean he wasn't. He wasn't bad before. No, he but, had. But he. I think he's found that key to the door uh, to it, his it, potential. Yes. Uh, agreed. And you, you stole my pick too. Is Zach Collins at the best spring training? One of the best spring trainings in all of baseball, I think. Absolutely. Uh, who do you think had the worst spring training for the Sox? Well, uh, out of the projected starters for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a tough one. And I think I, the thing is, I think everybody had a decent spring training. Obviously, you, you had look a good at like, year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though they were, they were you know below they were below 500 they still we went like 11 2 and 2 over the course of 15 games though at one yeah. point yeah i think if i were to ha- if i were to pick um i want to say in lanceland didn't do bad he just didn't do great he pitched yesterday and i think he kind of uh was a little all over the place and i think and I would starts, yeah he, yeah and i would also maybe 
like Madrigal did well today. And I think he's going to be one of the best hitters. He reminds me of uh, Brian Roberts from the Orioles. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's one of those snappy hitters. I think he's going to come back and I think he's going to have a great career. Um, And I know he was injured and he came in late to spring training, but it would have been nice to see something from him right away. Uh, But I would have to say that, you know, Lance Lynn, um, it's a new home though. He's at a new place. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to have growing pains. That's a Cy Young pitcher. I have a feeling he's going to have a great year with us. For me, my worst performer was Ronaldo Lopez. I did not like what I saw to him, and well, neither neither did the Sox. <laughs> he's he's going to Schaumburg, baby. Um, who was your favorite performer of spring training, Billy? Uh, favorite performer? I, I, I I'm gonna say Engel on this one. Okay, I, he just gets better and better yeah. every year. We've said this we've said this so many times, and I I think you know the good thing about. And there is no good things about Aloy getting injured, but there is the positive of when Engel comes back, he has the chance to be like, Hey, I should be starting in right field. Yeah. He'll play left field most likely, but yeah. he's going to have that chance. Um, also, I also think I would love to see more out of Robert. I think Robert could have done a lot better in spring training. He took a dip at the end of last season. Uh, it was not fun to watch this uh, potential rookie of the year candidate kind of fall off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, from the way everybody was talking about him. He'll bounce back. He'll bounce back. He'll be fine. He they just need to work with him a little bit. Yeah. My uh, my favorite performer of spring training was Carlos Rodon. And if he would have been my pick if Zach Collins' spring training wasn't so exceptional um, for be- for the best overall. But Carlos Rodon has really made me uh, go, well, you know what, bravo, Rick and company for bringing him back. My, might end up being the best fifth starter in all of baseball. If he pitches like he's been looking like he can, I mean, he was an ace. Third overall pick in the draft. This man, lefty dominant ace. This guy can absolutely throw it. Man, I I, I loved watching him watching him this spring. All right, Billy, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have uh, a lot more fun, exciting stuff to talk about. Hang tight, Sox fans. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, we're back. What's up, Sox fans? It's me. I'm Rob Coletti. I'm not a journalist. And I'm here hanging out with my best friend, Bill. I love you, Bill. Billy Mankey, the Mankey Doodle Dandy. Uh, love when you do your little head dance, Bill. Hey, thanks. Listen, man, um, we obviously are sad about uh, Eloy, but we have to look to the future. It's going to be a big season for the Sox. I have a feeling that... They might not be the best team in the AL anymore, losing losing their star bat, but one of their star bats. But I do still think this is a top three or four team in the American League. Um, one of the reasons why we're talking about is thanks to the incredible scouting of uh, the White Sox international player, 
connection, Mr. Marco Patti, who brought in um, the aforementioned Jose Abreu, and not to mention, uh, you know, all of the other incredible uh, Latin American talents that are sitting on the White Sox roster right now, um, including the potential uh, rise, coming rise of Yoelki Cespedes, who certainly has a future on this team. Um, but we just signed a man who we had a feeling was going to come to the Sox because he, <laughs> Marco Patti, and uh, his very public uh, adoration of the Sox and their uh, Cuban American connection. Uh, Oscar Colas is officially signing with the White Sox as of January 2022 for a 2.7 million dollar deal. Uh, what what do you what do you make of this, and how does it make you feel, Billy? Uh, superb. Let me say that again. <laughs> superb. Sublime. Uh, sublime. Uh, Colas. Wow. I mean, this guy can hit. He can throw. He's what people are comparing him to Otani already which is great. I don't know that there's a spot for him in the rotation, but his he he has a cannon from the outfield. Can Absolutely. He, man, he would fit in great in left field, that's for sure. He certainly would. Uh, in 2019, he hit 300. He had uh, 12 home runs, 19 doubles, 48 RBIs in 73 games. The, the kid is so he, amazing, and he's, what, 22 years old, 23 years old, so he's got a long career ahead of him, and he's li- like Uelke, he is close to the major leagues. And he's- yeah, we were talking about this a couple episodes ago. The Sox love players in their early 20s who are closer to the majors than a young 18-year-old, you know, uh, supreme position, young talent, prep talent. And uh, Colas and Yolki Cespedes both fit that bill. I would not be surprised. Both fit that bill, Mikey. Hey. Uh, but, the, you know, I would not be surprised if either of them are skyrocketing through single A, double A, if they do end up making an appearance in September. Um, do, do you think that there's a chance that Colas or Cespedes end up on the major league roster next year? Is it that soon? Is that a possibility? Uh, I would say uh, Cespedes, uh, Colas cannot because Colas, the deal would technically be official in, I think, January 2022. So he oh, would, right, right, right. if anything, he would be the season after, or he would come up halfway through the 2022 season. Uh, as far as Uelke, I think we might see some, we might see him August or whatever, if Aloy is not back right. or, and if Uelke's suspicious is, is tearing it up in the, in the minor leagues, he's going to be up here a lot sooner than we think it would be nice. It would I certainly be awesome. That. Yeah. Um, but I think these guys are our future because Adam yeah. is not going to be here for long, right? He's older, obviously, and he was—he's not—he's not the uh, solution to what the outf- what the White Sox want right. for their future. They want every position filled for the next five years, right? Yeah. So you have—if you have you, have there's a spot for both of them. There are there's we're, a spot. We're ready and waiting, boys. Yeah. And Do your homework. Let's get you up here. <laughs> yeah. For us, seriously. So, so I think there is a chance that we could see Uelke, um, Colas, not so much. And somebody did tweet and I don't know who it was and I want to give them credit. But if Jake Berger ever makes the team, that means you have, you have Jake Berger, you have Jace Fry, Fry and, and Colas. Colas. Yeah. yeah. Um, Berger Fry and Colas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I I love the fast food reference always, but it's very realistic that they could all be on the team at the same time. Um, you know, uh, today was uh, a big announcement for a former Sox player who started and ended his career with a long middle gap of not being here. Gio Gonzalez announced his retirement today. 
you know, this it felt important to mention because for for all this, he, he had all the struggles. He had a good year last year all around. I thought he played decently well. And, you know, I what I really appreciated about him is he was a real gamer. I could feel that he wanted to win for the Sox when he was here really bad. He fought for his every pitch. He was out there grinding and gaming. He did not have a great year overall, like in the grand scheme of things, but it was a good year, you know, like fine. And uh, given how old he was and the, you know, the fact that some of his stuff has kind of slipped later in uh, the day of his, of his career. I mean, I, I think it's worth celebrating. I just wanted to see if, did you have a favorite moment uh, from his short time with the Sox? Uh, or do you, you know, want to just send some well wishes to our man Gio out, out in, out in the universe? I'm going to send some well wishes because, you know, I, I, he was really fun to watch, but I, I don't feel the, I love him as a pitcher, as a baseball player. It's great. Obviously it's a little different because he was with the White Sox and then was traded before he even played for the White Sox yeah. big league team. And then, and then came back and which is kind of a cool story. It, like it, that, cool that's story. Like, I like that story. And, and I wish we would have won because that would have been an even better story. But um, he had such a fun career and a good career, and he made something out of him, uh, out of what, you know, the White Sox were looking at this guy to be a potential starter for the long term. It didn't work out that way. Um, so I'm glad that he was able to do something uh, yeah. with somebody else because I well, hate the stories where you trade somebody away and they're garbage. But I also hate the stories you trade somebody away like Tatis, and they're awesome. So Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, uh, for whatever it's worth, you know, I, I loved the fire that came with him on the mound. And, uh, you know, I know Ricky Renteria overused him and or didn't use him properly. And he can't help that. Uh, I, I, I love his stuff. I, I love a good lefty who's a grinder. You know, that Mark Rose, one of my all time favorites uh, of, of any player of all time. Uh, and he, you know, same kind of guy. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. He had a great run, uh, super, super successful major league career, all things considered. And uh, it was nice to see him down the, the pinstripes here in Chicago for a season at the end of it all. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it all up, let's just hit the bottom nine. Like we always do, Billy, uh, we're going to touch baseball on a more generic sense. Uh, what team are you most excited to watch this year aside from the Sox? Aside from the White Sox. Okay. Um, wow. That's a good question. Cause my focus has primarily been on the White Sox. Of course. Uh, as it should be. As it should be. Uh, and I think about this one a lot and, and I am not excited. I'll tell you who I'm not excited, but to watch is the Padres and the Dodgers. Cause I think they're going <laughs> to eat them themselves up. But I think I, I think I'm very excited to watch the Mets. It would be very cool to see the Mets do something. Um, as long as it's not against the White Sox. Oh yeah. Mets look great. I actually, if the Mets can stay healthy, I'm picking the Mets to win the National League this year. Okay. With, with Francisco Lindor, come on. And the, uh, Ed and Cookie, come on, dude. That, that's a good team. You can't tell me they're not. I don't care how good the Braves are with their youth. The, I mean, the Mets, they're gonna, they're gonna surpass the Nationals for sure this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than the Phillies. I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the Braves going blow for blow if the Mets stay healthy all year. Uh, yep. particularly with Marcus Stroman coming back and they're going to get Thor back in July. I mean, man, that's, that is a formidable team. I would not want to be matched up against the Mets in the playoffs. Um, they're, they're who I'm most excited to watch outside of the White Sox. I, I was going to say, uh, uh, maybe the Padres, but I'm also not excited to watch them for similar reasons. I'm sure. Right. You. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the Mets are going to be. 
really fun. Also, the Marlins. I'm really excited to watch the Marlins, but I love their scrappy style. Love Don Mattingly in the dugout. Man, I think that they're just going to be really good. Um, who, wh- what, what player are you most excited to watch this year outside of the White Sox? Uh, it would actually, you know, I, I don't want to upset any diehard White Sox fans out there, but I think I'm really excited to see what Kyle can Hendricks do on the, on the Cubs. That is because I, because I want the White Sox to trade for him. I think that would be excellent. Um, but he is, I think he's just one of the most underrated pitchers and his stuff moves and it moves like it moves. Oh, uh, what am I, who am I thinking of? Who's a uh, Bueller on the Dodgers? It moves yeah. like his stuff and Bueller's got a nasty, nasty yeah. forcing fastball. And I mean, that, that thing moves. I think, um, uh, there were, there was a side by side comparison of how the pitches move between the two and they look identical and they're both yeah. great pitchers. Agreed. Uh, listen, my, my most, ex- I was most excited to see George Springer. I'm bummed he got injured. It looks like it might be out for a little bit, but, uh, would, would have loved to have seen his transition to the AL East and that great young Toronto team, who, by the way, is another team I'd, I'm really going to enjoy watching. But uh, I think, uh, now my, the player I'm most excited to watch this year is going to be Zach Gallen in Arizona. I love his stuff. I love that weird breaking curve that he throws. I love his, he's got that great side movement on his fastball. I would love to see the Sox try to make a play for him or Luis Castillo at some point um, if they really want to shore up a true ace, but um, who knows what it would take to get either one. They're both excellent pitchers, and uh, you know we don't want to un- undo all of our organizational depth. Uh, moving on from baseball, Bill, uh, let's let's talk about the really sad Bears offseason. I'm not going to lie, Bill. I think I think this is the worst offseason the Bears have had in my life. I, I, I can't... Im- I can't remember an offseason that was more embarrassing than what Ryan Pace is doing right now to the show. It almost feels like he's intentionally trying to sabotage the team on his way out the door. This is, uh, I, I mean, Bill, I, I'm going to get angry. I am really upset. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, okay, so I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be as bad as what people say. I think he is a little older. I think oh, come on. No, 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 no. Uh, he is older and he's not the solution. He's not the solution at all. I don't think they're done, though. I do think that we're going to see Wilson in a Bears jersey this year. They have to wait. Hold on. They have to wait to see who the Seahawks draft. Once the Seahawks draft something, they can make that trade. But they're they're, they're waiting, and I think that's a smart move. But I agree with you. If that's all they do, this is probably one of the – they would have been better off doing nothing. I would have, I would have been like okay I'll live with I'll live with uh with Foles for another year whatever but they but this year they just like getting rid of Fuller obviously it's a salary cap issue but just then picking up guys that that are past their prime is just like okay we're in it's going to be another 8 and 8 season I think I mean, I think that's optimistic. Uh, eight and eight would be a dream come true at this point. I would be astonished if the Bears win three games. I mean, we are Akeem Hicks is asking for trade now. I mean, our, I think our best bet for quarterback. Now we're not going to get Russell Wilson. I don't know where you think that bill. Whatever you're smoking, give me ten pounds of it because that's insane. I I think our best bet at quarterback right now is tr- hoping that Mac Jones falls to us. Which, by the way, I, you know, I do think he's a little underrated. I really liked watching him play this year, but uh, you know, and he's an Alabama guy. Look, in the Nick Saban system is a great introduction to the NFL. 
Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe learning from Dalton would be a nice little stepping stone for him, but I just, man, this, the, and we can, we, we, we released Kyle Fuller and replaced him with Desmond Trufant. I hope Desmond Trufant is listening to this. You are not that tight, dude. You are not that tight. Come on, man. Hey, listen, I, I am ashamed to be a Bears fan right now. The organization went from, one of the best to one of the worst in a matter of two seasons. I, I think, I hope, I hope Ryan Pace can never get a job again. I don't know who'd give him a job. Maybe the Lions for tanking the Bears so bad, but this is an embarrassment. I, you know, I, I will say this, that, that Andy Dalton is better than Chad Hutchinson and Henry Burris. Remember those guys? <laughs> those. Uh, they were like 2011, 2012. Maybe, maybe he was five years ago. I don't even know about that. We'll see. I <laughs> listen. I, I appreciate the optimism, Bill. I really do. But I, I personally think that signing Andy Dalton on day two of free agency was the epitome of stupidity. And I, I am just livid. But you know, Mike Wilbon did a great little segment on uh, ESPN for part of the interruption where he just eviscerated both. Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy, you know, Pace is being lazy beyond lazy. And Nagy didn't even want to coach the player that they traded up to draft. It's a humiliating around the clubhouse. Both guys deserve to be walked out in uh, handcuffs. I mean, this is utter criminal activity. They destroyed one of the most historic and respected football franchises in the history of the NFL. And that says a lot because the last head coach was Mark Tressman and the last GM was Jerry Angelo. I mean, <laughs> what an embarrassment. I, I hope both of them end up being forced into retirement after this. If Matt Nagy ever does anything beyond be a special teams coach at this point, he is pulling off a miracle. I don't even care that he had a 12 and four season. It's the only reason he's not sitting below 500 right now. Uh, but I digress. Let's talk about the Bulls for a second where things are much better before we wrap up. Uh, today the Bulls made a bunch of really cool trades, Bill. We got, uh, Vujicic coming in to be a true center. Mm-hmm. Keep the marking in. Uh, we got Thaddeus Young still. He can swing the three and the four. Pat Williams is clearly the future. Zach Levine, clearly the future. Love to see the turnaround he's made. Boy, did he prove me wrong. I've been saying he is not a star for a long time and man, he really is. Might be the, uh, most valuable player in the Eastern Conference, if you don't include the fact that James Harden and you know uh, what's his name or in uh, Jersey, uh, but you know then we added Thies and we added Troy Brown and uh, I think it looks good, Bill. What 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 are your reactions to these trades? What do you th- what are you thinking for the Bulls? How do they look to you? Uh, you put you just put a, you got a stud out of Vooch, right? He's one of the one of the Vooch. He's so good. Wait to yell it. Right. He's what, but in the, he's been an all-star twice and he's cool. Yeah. He might be uh, like a little bit older from what they probably could have gotten, but they just surrounded Zach Levine with, with so many different young or so many different, I'm sorry, not young, but so many different talents to put the bulls over the edge when it comes to closing games, yeah. they could have, they, they should be over 500 now because, uh, they now have the ability to close games. They will be over 500, but they weren't able to before. And I'm glad they got rid of Otto Porter Jr. Uh, and Wendell Carter Jr. Hit the road. They should have been done a long time ago. It's so much fun being able to talk about this again, too. Love it. To think like, wow, one year in, 
Billy, there is one thing that I uh, am a little sad about. We traded uh, one of my personal favorite players on the Bulls, Daniel Gafford, to Washington. Boy, I think Washington won that trade big time because Daniel Gafford, that kid is – he doesn't have the frame for a true center, but he plays like a true center. He muscles his way around down there. He gets great, scrappy rebounds. Reminded me of Joakim Noah. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing is uh, is that – you're going to see him have a great career in DC. I know. He's going to have a great, he's going to be good, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to um, pair really well with Russell Westbrook. That's for sure. Uh-huh. I do think the Bulls will make the playoffs because of all these moves. Oh, yeah. Without a mm-hmm. doubt. They're an eight yep. seed. No, no doubt. Yep. Um, Speaking of uh, another team in the East that's really making some moves, the Heat grabbed Victor Oladipo to pair next to Jimmy Butler. And now the word is they're on the brink of getting uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. That would be quite a trio in the East to go up against the Nets, that's for sure, and the Bulls, who I think are going to surprise people now. It would be great to see Miami win without uh, like a a super, super team like they had before. Agreed. Because that's their thing. I like them more that way. Yes, exactly. It's, It's young, scrappy players. Right. Uh, with a lot of talent, but it's not LeBron James and Bosch and, yeah. and Wade, right? So, right. yeah. It's not, they it's, didn't, not, it's not using the, you know, the, the cheat system to override trades and NBA. Right. It's a real, it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, all right, Billy. Well, listen, we're out of time. Uh, what a big week it's been. Uh, you know, we obviously have a big season coming up here with the Sox. We're going to check in with you guys again soon. Um, we are still going to have the Allens come on and we mentioned that last time at the end, and that's still the plan. They, we're going to have them on as special guests and do a whole interview with those guys. They're just amazing. If you don't listen to their podcast, start right now. They are so knowledgeable, so wonderful, uh, gregarious and just lovely in every single way. Um, they're coming in for sure real soon. We're just working on the timing. Uh, until then, you know, we're going to check back in with you here after the season kicks off and, We'll have lots more baseball talk, lots more White Sox to talk. Uh, Billy, it's always a pleasure to see you. You know I love you. You're my best friend. Billy Mankey, the Mankadoodle Dandy. Uh, I just want to say goodbye to all you. I've been Bobby. I've been Bill. And we are the Big Blurt. Thank you for tuning in. Wear a mask. Take care of each other. And we will see you next time.